Welcome to Speaking of Travel with Marilyn Ball. Sit back and be carried away to places from around the world and right here in our own backyard. No passport required. Hi, this is Marilyn Ball, and you're listening to Speaking of Travel here on News Radio 570 WWNC and 880 The Revolution. And remember, you can listen anytime, anywhere in the whole wide world on your free iHeartRadio app. Well, you know, my late friend, Laurie Masterton, had a personal motto, and around here, we don't have to look further than the car bumper in front of us to see it. When Laurie trademarked the slogan, Don't Postpone Joy, it spread far and wide, becoming an iconic slogan and used in everyday conversations. In fact, I have a bumper sticker on my refrigerator, so I don't forget every day, Don't Postpone Joy. And it's not... You know, an insight that Laurie came by easily. Laurie was a cancer survivor. She was diagnosed with ovarian cancer early in life. And ever more changing, perhaps, is that both her parents died of cancer when she was 12. So Laurie became an activist and an inspiration to so many of us. Along with encouraging fellow cancer patients, Laurie raised money and awareness for ovarian cancer by riding her bike more than 3,100 miles. She walked the Camino Trail. She was one of the most giving and kind people ever. And she lived her life in joy, knowing life is just so precious. So why not live fully today? Well, my guest today totally gets this idea and indeed is living her life fully. In fact, day after day, she is challenging herself with new adventures. She's definitely not postponing joy. Tess Viglund is now exploring exploring an entirely new life, and she has absolutely no idea where it's going to take her. In fact, on her Facebook page, Tess describes herself as a journalist, an author, and a wanderer of wherever I happen to be now. Well, where are you now, Tess? <laughs> Hi, Marilyn. You have found me now in Bangkok, Thailand. Oh, my gosh. What time is it there? <laughs> well, I'm, uh, let's see. I'm 11 hours ahead Aye. of East Coast time. So uh, it's 10 o'clock. In the uh, 10 o'clock at night for me. Oh, my gosh. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. And, you know, this is becoming quite a nice little series we've got going here. I, you know, I met you all those years ago at World Domination Summit out in Portland and kept up with you through your Facebook and your book, your leap, which I've read twice now, I want you to know, and have also passed it along to other people. And then you decided to just don't postpone joy, right? You decided to shake it up a little bit. Remind us of how that unfolded. Yeah, boy, boy, and I I like that bumper sticker. I'm going to have to get one of those the next time I come back to the States. (laughs) I'll send you one. Um, Maybe I can find one in in translated Thai here. Uh, Yeah, so I, first of all, I left my job uh, as a national radio anchor uh, in fall of 2012. And then I wrote a book about what that experience was like um, called Leap, Leaving a Job with No Plan B to Find the Career in Life You Really Want. And that book came out last August. And in the meantime, uh, my life was just kind of, I mean, like my next job was writing the book. And so when that was over, I wasn't sure still what I wanted to do with my life. Um, And in the meantime, I had ended my marriage and sold my house. 
And I just decided that the one thing that I had always wanted to do was explore the world and not just the U.S. And I decided I was just going to take this time to travel. And so that's what I've been doing. I left in early December of 2015. So I'm coming up now on, I can't even believe this. I can't even believe it's been six months since I left. Um, I spent four months in Vietnam living in an apartment in Saigon. And I, I looked at my calendar. The last time you and I talked was February 11th which seems like forever ago to me. Um, and, you know, in that four months, I visited Sri Lanka, uh, Cambodia, Japan, and uh, I visited here in Thailand, and that's when I decided I was going to live here next. And so I moved to Thailand in mid-April, and I am still here, and I'm actually now thinking about perhaps putting down some stakes and staying for a while. Uh, depending on what kind of visa situation I can find for myself. <laughs> well, let me tell you, Tess, you're not the first person I've interviewed who has just ended up living in Thailand. What is up over there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, so, it's so funny. People warned me. People who live here warned me. They said, okay, so you can stay here for a few weeks, like maybe a month, and then you'll be able to leave. But if you stay longer than that, you'll never leave. And let's see, I'm coming up on uh, six weeks, and I don't want to leave. <laughs> well, tell me what it's like. Tell me, give me your bird's eye view. What is it you're loving about this place? Well, you know, I think part of it is, and this, this is kind of hard to say, because I, you know, Marilyn, when I left on this big journey, um, I wanted to be the person who... When they escaped Western life, uh, decided that Western life wasn't for them and that they loved, you know, being in places where they were completely foreign and where they had none of the comforts of home and that I would, like, change my personality and become a different person. Well, yeah, that, that's not happening. I mean, first of all, I'm 47 years old, so I'm kind of stuck in my ways and I like what I like and I want what I want. Um, Vietnam, for all its beauty and amazing food, uh, was not a terribly comfortable place for me. I had a great apartment, but the rest of like regular life there was difficult. And I'm glad I spent four months there so I could uh, adapt to that and learn how to adapt to that. Uh, here in Thailand, though, it's it's not westernized, but there are, like, just to give you a quick example, there are places where I can go to buy clothes. Now, in Vietnam, uh, and I'm, I'm a five foot nine, not small woman, uh, I could not buy clothes in, Thailand, in, in Vietnam. It, it was just, there was nothing for me anywhere. Uh, but here in Thailand, I can because there is a large, a huge expat community. So they are catering to Western customers as well as local customers. Now, that sounds like, like a stupid thing. To like to, to, I won't even say that. It's not a stupid thing. It's, it's a reality. And so that's, that's one of the things. There's just more of a comfort level here in Thailand. I also, quite frankly, and this is going to paint a very broad brush of entire societies, but I find my, I, I feel more welcomed in Thailand than I did in Vietnam, and it has nothing to do with being an American, you know, it has nothing to do with the war. 
Uh, it has to do with Vietnam is just still new to having tourists around, to having people from a lot of other countries around. And it's going to take them some time to get used to that. And so I think that there is less of an acceptance there of you as someone different. And here in Thailand, nobody gives me a second look. And I like that. <laughs> I like walking around the street and not having people look at me like I'm an alien. And are you able uh, to speak the language? Is there a language barrier? Oh, no. No, in fact, uh, there was in Vietnam, very much so. Uh, here in Thailand, most of the people, even even like at the street carts, they know how to take your order. They know, you know, I mean, and, and I certainly make an effort to say hello and thank you and please and goodbye in Thai. Um, but they also, there, there is much more English language that happening here in Thailand than in Vietnam. And again, it's because, it's because Westernization came uh, sooner to Thailand. And, in, you know, in some ways that is not a good thing. In many ways that is not a good thing. And, that, you know, in Vietnam it was still very extraordinarily authentic um, and still very, very much local flavor. And, you know, you have to wonder if in some ways Thailand is, is, is in the process of losing some of that, which would be very sad. Certainly in Bangkok, it, it feels very close to a Western capital, uh, very much like uh, I imagine Singapore is, and, and I've been told it is. Um, you know, I, I've not been out in the country yet, uh, up, for example, in the north of, of Thailand, and maybe it's different up there, but I do find that I have a comfort level here in Bangkok that has made it so that I want to stay, that I want to stay here for a long time and get to know the local population, get to know the local scene even more than I did in four months in Saigon. Well, Tess, when we come back from the break, let's pick up right there because I want to learn more about Bangkok and, and what your life is like and talk about, oh my gosh, there's just so much. <laughs> so hang on, we'll be back in just a few minutes. Thank you so much, Tess, for being on the show today. I love it. Me too. Hey, this is Marilyn Ball. You're listening to Speaking of Travel. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Fly me to the moon Let me play among the stars Let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars In other words Hold my hand Hi, this is Marilyn Ball and you're listening to Speaking of Travel right here on News Radio 570 WWNC and 880 The Revolution. And remember, you can listen anytime, anywhere on your free iHeartRadio app. And be sure to visit my Facebook page, Speaking of Travel, and there you'll find links to the podcasts and you'll be able to see pictures and and other 
travel tips. Uh, I try to put as much information there as I can. And today, I am so glad we're talking to Tess Figlin. Tess is talking to us today from Bangkok. My goodness, Tess, what a story. <laughs> you know, Not over yet. I know. I started the show today talking about my friend Laurie and her motto of don't postpone joy. And, you know, you're not. You are really living it. And, you know, talking about making that shift, that's a big word that is trending right now. I, I, I'm sure you're aware. People, you know, there's a huge demographic of people who are uh, shifting and... Right. That's what you did. You made a you made a major shift as you left the life that you knew and entered into this, like you said, you know, really landing yourself in a most exotic place uh, that was totally a contrast to your everyday life and being able to travel around a little bit and then ending up there in Bangkok and, you know, and feeling like it's someplace that you want to stay. Tell us a little bit about the expat scene there. What's it like? It is uh, very vibrant. Um, it is incredibly diverse. I mean, there are there are people here from all over the world. Um, I have I have brand new friends from oh geez who have been, who have I met Nigeria, uh, Kuala Lumpur, France, uh, the Philippines. I mean, it's just. Uh, People come here from all over the world, and as I kind of alluded to earlier, they end up not leaving because they like it so much, even despite the horrible heat. Oh, God, the heat is just almost unbearable here, but, you you know, you learn to live with it. Um, and one thing that I would say I learned from my experience in Vietnam, where for the first four months of this experiment, uh, I... I don't think I made enough of an effort to reach out and meet people. And part of that was because I was traveling around so much. I was traveling in the region so much. So I was not actually in Saigon a whole lot. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, so one thing I decided when I moved from Saigon to Bangkok was that I was really going to make an effort to be social and get out of my apartment, even though it was hot, and take a public transportation wherever I needed to go to be social. And so one of the things that I did was I signed up for two things. One is uh, an organization called Internations. It's internations, I think, .org. might be .com. I can't remember. And that's where basically if you are an expat, uh, an immigrant anywhere in the world, you can sign up for that, and they're all you, you know. You say where you're from, what you're interested in, and then you get feeds of different events and people who are interested in some of the same things. And there are all kinds of you know basically meet and greets, which has been fantastic. That's how I've met actually a lot of people just in the last six weeks or so. And the other thing I did was I signed up for Meetup.com, which I always thought just sounded kind of weird. But I decided to go ahead and go for it. And this is how I found, for example, a scuba diving club that I just actually got back from last weekend and met, again, just the most fun people who had this same interest that I had of scuba diving. And it it just allows you to have a circle of friends, um, people who you can call up, you know, at 5 o'clock on a Thursday night and say, hey, you want to go out for a drink? And I didn't have that in Saigon. And 
it was clearly totally my you know my responsibility and i just didn't reach out as much as i needed to so that's one of the things that i've learned as someone who's traveling around especially because i'm not staying in hostels i'm staying in apartments so i don't have that natural kind of group of people who would be around me and I found that I really missed having friends and just having people to hang out with. Well, and I, I didn't know I would miss it that much. <laughs> I think as human as human beings, we have a, a an urge, a desire to be around people, and most important, you in need this, to try. Yes, and I feel like yeah. what you're saying also is, you know, this building of community. We all want to do that. We want to have yeah. a sense of place and a, a sense of community. And certainly, I I totally get, you know, your what you're saying about being in Vietnam. You were traveling around, and and it, you know, my goodness, you. You were going through such a major four months to me is not that long in making such a huge, (laughs) you know. Thank you. Yes, please make me feel better. Of course, (laughs) I think you hit. You know, you hit the the ground running. I remember looking at your blog, uh, and I want to talk about that too. Tess is you know your your uh, website, your blog, your. Uh, effort in communicating with the rest of the world, with the people who are interested in uh, what you're doing and and being inspired by that. Uh, look at that. And for goodness sakes, it was like you were binging and bonging all over the place and you were doing all these exotic <laughs> things. And it's like, look at Tess. And you had people coming and going, it looked like, too. Yes, I did have visitors while I was in Vietnam, which was fantastic. It was also new. Yeah, your parents are coming. Everybody's like, is Tess okay? Let's make sure Tess is okay. And let's (laughs) join in on this adventure with her. And then it's like, okay, uh, we're going back to our our routine and our lives. And bye-bye, Tess. We we trust you now. Go on. Go forth and fly. Yeah. (laughs) And that was really hard. I mean, you know, some of my hardest times were when people would leave. I mean, I, I, want so, I want everybody to come and visit. Like, if you're out there and you're a decent person and you can give me one reference, <laughs> come, come and visit me in Thailand. And I will take you all over Bangkok and I will show you everything you need to see. You know, um, because, I, lo- I mean, I love it when people come. I love it when anyone will travel. I just, I think travel is so important to making you a well-rounded person, as, as I know you agree, Marilyn, <laughs> given the topic of your show, um, that, you know, I, I want people to come and visit. But I will say that pretty much the hardest times I had, like when I would spend a day crying into my pillow, was after people would leave. Because I, all of a sudden I realized that not only was I away from my house, my things, my pets, but I'm, I'm away from everything and everyone that I know. And that means that everything is new and everything is a challenge. And that's what I wanted. I'm not saying that I didn't ask for it, but I had no idea how difficult it would be to just pick up stakes, pull up stakes, and go away and figure stuff out. It is way harder than I ever thought it would be, and that just was rammed home to me every time my my friends from home and my 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 family <laughs> would leave. <laughs> well, you know that old cliche about you only know what you know. <laughs> so exactly. Then you, you uh, the way I see it is that you're you you knew you recognize that and. 
yet you were determined to keep going. You this was a que- this is a quest. You know, if you ever read yeah. Chris Gillibo's book about the uh, happiness of pursuit, this is exactly what you're doing, and yes. you are creating this uh, inertia for yourself based on what you're learning and how how you're turning each corner. And I feel now that you're in Bangkok and you've got, I love this idea that you did the meetup.com. It's like, oh my gosh, should I do it? Should I not do it? And then you realize, oh, I'm so glad I did it. Now I know. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And that's, you know, one of the things that I, that I learned over the three years that I had between uh, when I quit my job and when I left on this trip, um, sorry, I hate it when people call it my trip. It's not a trip. It's uh, it's something else. I moved abroad. Um, one of the things that I started to do was I started to be much better at saying yes to things, um, saying yes to opportunities, even if I didn't know what I was getting myself into. And I also learned how to say no to things I, I truly didn't want to do. But I'm having to remind myself of that now uh, as I'm – living this life abroad, that I need to be proactive and say yes to these opportunities that come up. And, you know, again, this this scuba diving trip that I took this past weekend, I almost didn't go because I was waiting for something else to, to possibly happen for the weekend, and then I wasn't sure if it was going to happen. And then finally, the organizer of this meetup basically said, okay, um, I'm just going to go ahead and put you down as a yes. And hopefully you'll come. And I was like, okay, that's it. Done. Yes, I'm totally coming. Um, so I, I'm very grateful to him for doing that. And, and it reminded me that I need to be saying yes. And I need to be, you know, proactively going out there and meeting people and doing the things that I love to keep me happy, to keep me satisfied and fulfilled, and to keep me out there being social because it's very easy when you're in a foreign country where you don't know the language and you don't know the people to to hide out in your apartment well on that note we're not going to hide out (laughs) we're going to come back from the break and we're going to pick it up right there tess thank you so much for being on the show today we'll be back okay this is marilyn ball you're listening to speaking of travel we'll be back back in a few minutes Fly me to the moon, let me play among the stars, let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars. In other words, hold my hand. Hi, this is Marilyn Ball, and you're listening to Speaking of Travel right here on News Radio 570 WWNC and 880 The Revolution. And today I'm talking with Tess Figlin. Tess is talking to us from Bangkok. She's over there now at the nighttime in her jammies, right, Tess? <laughs> Oh, you have to tell everybody. Oh, yes, because you're nice and cozy and comfy over there in the hot zone, yes. though. Is it hot over there now at night? Oh, uh, it is. It's about 
Uh, it's probably low 80s with high humidity, but I'm in an air-conditioned apartment. Oh, so. good. Well, listen, you know, you've been telling us about just stretching yourself, saying yes, and being more in that presence of, why not? Here's an opportunity. Uh-huh. Just say yes. I love that. It's such, That's a great slogan. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I want to talk to you about this um, scuba diving that you're doing now, because I've been following your blog and tell us what the how we can follow you, Tess. Tell us because I'm going to ask you a few times. Oh, sure. Yeah, it's uh, TessUntethered.com. Love it. It's a great website. And it, it I want to comment on your photos, which are, oh, my God, they're just so beautiful, Tess. And you are. Oh. Thank you, you really are blossoming into such a beautiful uh, National Geographic level top shelf photographer. Oh no, no, oh, no, yes. not even close. I'm but telling I, you, some of those where you have captured the humanity of people, the colors. Uh, you can almost it's almost like is this photo a scratch and sniff? <laughs> huh? I want to smell what Tess is smelling, and then all of a sudden, okay. Th- you're in the water and under the water and giving the, showing these pictures of reefs and coral reefs and lovely fish. And I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, what the heck, too? Yeah, so in February, um, it was actually uh, Tet in Vietnam, which is the New Year's for Vietnam. And during Tet, basically the entire country shuts down. And particularly in Saigon, like there are no grocery stores. There, there are the cafes shut down. There is nothing to do. So one of the weekends of Tet, I decided that I was going to go to a beach town called Nha Trang, which is north and west of Saigon. And once I made the decision to do that, I started looking at, you know, activities that I could do while I was up there. It's very much a tourist town, so things were still open there. And I was looking at biking, I was looking at hiking, and then I looked at this, I, I, I looked at, on TripAdvisor at the highest rated activity center, and it was called Vietnam Active, and they taught scuba. And I thought to myself, wait a minute, now this is something that I've been wanting to do for pretty much my whole life. I couldn't say why I haven't, I just didn't, I just never took the time to learn um, I, swimming is the one sport I was ever good at in my entire life. And I love snorkeling. Like if I go out on a, on a snorkeling trip, I'm the last person back on the boat. So I decided that I was going to take scuba lessons. And so I started with an instructor and you start, you start actually with watching a lot of videos and, and taking tests. And then you go into the pool, <coughs> excuse me, and you start learning how to use your equipment in the pool. And I did great in the pool. It was about three meters, about nine feet. Did great, no problems, loved it, no issues at all. So then we go out to do our first dive in open water. And I get to, again, it's about, we're about three meters down, so nine feet, the deep end of a pool. And, oh my gosh, Marilyn, I freaked all of a sudden, I felt like the the water walls were caving in on me. I started to I started to basically panic that I wasn't going to be able to breathe, um, and this was a total shock to me because 
I didn't think that I had any psychological issues with diving. I had no idea that this was going to happen. So I start basically giving the thumbs up to my instructor, which means we need to surface. It's not this, the thumbs up in diving is not a okay. The thumbs up is we need to get to the surface as soon as we possibly can. So I got to the surface, broke the surface, ripped the regulator out of my mouth, and started completely hyperventilating, and hyperventilated, and had tears running down my face for the next ten minutes. And I have no idea why that happened, but apparently it's very common. <laughs> <laughs> for people to get down there on their first try and utterly freak out. And a lot of people will quit at that point. I looked at the boat and looked at the boat, and I said to myself, I, I, can't, I can't quit. I've got to go down again. And so she said, okay, let's try it one more time. And we went down, and from there, I've got scuba diver certification, I've got open water certification, and I'm halfway through my advanced open water certification. And I cannot get enough of this. I want to live in the water. I want to now visit every dive site on the planet Earth. I am, at this moment, except for this call from you, I am looking at possibly booking a trip to go dive the Great Barrier Reef in June. Okay. So the lesson out of this, I think, is, first of all, well, first of all, it's okay if you do quit. It's not for everybody. But second of all, give it a second shot. If it's something you really, really want to do, Give it a second shot because you never know what that second shot is going to do for you. All these life lessons, tests they're all happening to you. <laughs> I like, know. <laughs> I love it because, you know, we can apply this to everything we do every day in our life. Every day. There are going to be situations not unlike saying yes to going out on the meetup, saying yes to I'm just going to go to a beach and hang out. But in, but first, I'm going to do some research. And then being able to say, I'm going to... I'm going to try that again. That didn't work that time, but I know it's in there. That takes a lot yeah. of tenacity. And again, I would say, you know, for some people, it isn't going to work. And that's fine. And if you need to quit after that first dive, great. Go do something else. Go find something that brings you joy. Um, for me, I was just stubborn. And I was not going to get back on that boat without at least trying it one more time. And I'm really glad I did because now I have this activity that I absolutely love and I happen to be in a perfect part of the world to do it because it's not nearly as expensive as it is in, say, Mexico or the U.S. So it's something that I can relatively afford to do. And it's brought me all these new friends. And I just, I have fallen in love with it, which is so unexpected. I just had no idea that I would love it this much. And you know what else? It, it Having talked to you now all all these months and months that you've been yeah. that you've been out is you know when you left you made that very clear that this was uh, you know you were going to just kind of go with the flow and see how things unfolded for you and now with this opportunity and this new love and passion it's opening up even more of the world for you. It is. And that's why, you know, I mean, so, so the natural question people will ask me is, oh, so you're going to go skydiving now or are you going to go parasailing? And I'm like, no, that's, that's, not, that's not it. I, I am not on a quest to go, you know, pursue all of the, the risk taking that I possibly can. And scuba diving is about as risky as it gets. 
Um, maybe jumping out of a plane is riskier, but scuba diving, you know, death is very near at all times. <laughs> um, <coughs> but you know, that, 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 that's not what I'm looking for. I'm not looking for all the thrills I could possibly pack into my life. I have found something that I really enjoy and I found people who I enjoy doing that with. And I found a new community and I guess if there is anything that keeps coming up in kind of what I keep learning is that it is that community is extraordinarily important to me. Now, I am very much enjoying being a solo traveler. Uh, yes, I do get lonely. Yes, I look, uh, you know, I need companionship every once in a while. But for the most part, I'm enjoying doing this as a solo experiment, a solo life journey. But that said... I really need community around me. And so I'm working hard at making that happen, even though I'm not in a place where I know a lot of people. But finding these activities that work for you, that, that bring you into a group that allow you to be challenged, to learn something new. And it's the same with photography. Um, you know, I've joined, I'm, I'm actually going to be joining a meetup group on photography uh, in a couple of weeks. So... You, know, you you have to find those things and then find the community that will that will be there for you and help you learn. And, and there's there's nothing better than that. There is nothing better than that. And the even on a bigger picture, you know, it's bridging cultures, it's bridging uh learning new things about new people and new cultures and bringing all that together in community. That is what to me makes peace, <laughs> right? <laughs> Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, listen, when we come back from the break, let's pick up right there. I want to find out where you're going. Where did I, There's just okay. so much, Tess. <laughs> we'll be back in just a few minutes. Hey, this is Marilyn Ball. You're listening to Speaking of Travel with my guest today, Tess Viglin. And we'll be back in just a few minutes. Fly me to the moon, let me play among the stars, let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars. In other words, hold my hand. Hi, this is Marilyn Ball, and you're listening to Speaking of Travel right here on News Radio 570 WWNC and 880 The Revolution. And remember, you can listen anywhere, anytime on your free iHeartRadio app. So joining me today is Tess Viglin. She is talking to us today from Bangkok. Tess, thank you so much for being on the show today. I'm telling you, I'm loving just living vicariously through you. <laughs> oh, that's sweet. You got to come visit Marilyn. I am definitely going to come visit. I. It sounds like there's just a lot going on there and you're meeting new people, you're creating community around you and I just love that. And how big is Bangkok in, geo, you know, in population there? Oh, 
good question. I think I heard it's eleven million. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I would have to double check that. Oh, it is a huge city, huge. So, how are you navigating that? Are you learning the public transportation? I mean, really, we talk about a challenge just putting on dive gear and jumping down into the ocean. But my God, <laughs> my thought of just getting on a subway over there. Yeah, no the the public transportation here is excellent, uh, especially coming from Saigon, where it was non-existent. I mean, there were there were buses, but there is no um, there's no subway system. Here in Bangkok, there are two major systems. Uh, one is the BTS SkyTrain, and the other is the MRP, which is the subway. So you can get around pretty easily um, all around the city, and that that actually makes it so the city feels smaller than, than it really is, which is nice. Uh, there's also a great line straight from the airport, which is incredibly helpful. In addition to that, I actually, I shouldn't admit this, but I'm going to anyway, um, I take Uber a lot. Uber is not legal, technically, here here in Bangkok, but everybody uses it. And uh, the app works here, and the best part is that you can, you know, as you know, input your destination, so I don't have to spend time trying to explain to a cab driver where I want to go. Uh, because on my map, it doesn't have Thai lettering. It has English lettering. So often I will, I, when I first got here, when I got into a cab, I would try to show them where I wanted to go on my Google map on my phone, and they wouldn't be able to read it. So with Uber, <laughs> I can uh, just plug it in and, and be gone. And it is incredibly cheap to get around town here. It is, I mean, to go, I can spend 50 minutes going from one side of town to the other which I do sometimes so that I can be in air conditioning so I don't arrive, say, at a, at a dinner completely sweaty and gross and dripping from my head. Um, so I will actually take a cab, even if it's going to take me much longer to get there, and it'll cost less than $5, 5 U.S. dollars. So it's very easy to get around Bangkok, and which is good because there are a lot of different neighborhoods where cool stuff is happening, and you want to go see that. Well, it sounds like, as in all the lessons that you're learning here, is how to develop a tool belt, you know, how to have the tools to to figure things out to make it efficient and accessible and uh, cost-effective and... All of those things that are that are just lessons. It's like somebody once told me, every day is a school day. You're learning something new, and it's all becoming part of your tool belt. And overall, travel is like that. You should know better than anybody, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I thought of myself as a, as a pretty savvy person, a well-traveled person. This is not the first time that I've gone abroad. It's not the first time I've lived abroad. But... I've never gone abroad by myself uh, for an extended period of time to places where the language wasn't even a Latin language um, and to a place where, uh, to be quite frank, I was the, the significant minority. And having to navigate all of those changes and all of those, all of those things that, you know, can, can mess with your head... Um, it's been really valuable because it's forced me to get comfortable in a place where I am incredibly uncomfortable. 
And that's everything from, uh, you know, again, navigating the cities themselves to figuring out how I'm going to survive in such a hot climate. And I keep talking about the weather, but it is so hot. Maybe maybe you would not have a problem with it since you're, you know, in the Carolinas. But coming from Southern California, where it's 70 and sunny and no humidity and beautiful every day, it has been quite the adjustment. I can only imagine. The, I love the just the idea of the contrast there of sweating and feeling disgusting and being yep. able to have hygiene. and. Yep. <laughs> but I want to talk to you in the time that we have left. Tess, about, um, you know, we've we've touched on these life lessons and stepping out of your comfort zone. And I want to get back to where I started the show today, talking about my friend Laurie and, uh, you know, just that life is so precious and, and we don't know how much time we have here and being able to really, you know, kind of take a deep breath and jump off and say, we are, I am going to uh, experience something that is so uncomfortable and so not in in my realm of existence. And yet that's going to make me live more in the time that I have. That is going to help me not postpone joy. Let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah, and, you know, I will also say uh, that I'm a cancer survivor as well. I had melanoma, what, 13 years ago now? And so I have been through that, um, even though it was a long time ago, where you realize how short life can be. And I also, just a few weeks ago, lost one of my closest friends uh, from Southern California. Um, and, you know, he, he he was diagnosed with a brain tumor uh, six weeks no, two weeks before I left. Um, and so, you know, for me, a lot of this has been exactly that. It has been, why wait? And I think I, I, think I mentioned this last time we talked that I'm actually financing this uh, through the money uh, from the sale of my house. Now, I know as a former personal finance radio show host that, I probably should have should have put every single penny of that money toward my retirement fund, and that's how I would advise would have advised anyone else um, to handle that money. But at this point in my life, I've decided that I am not living for retirement, and that doesn't mean that you just go and blow your whole retirement fund somewhere. Um, I still have one, but I just felt the need. At this point in my life, with all these changes already happening, to really just just make it all change. Like, if it's going to be painful already to deal with, you know, ending a marriage and leaving the home that I was in for 14 years, on top of already leaving my career three years ago, why not just do it? Just go for it and sit in the discomfort. Sit in the uncertainty and embrace it, even, Um, that it's not an easy thing to do. It is extraordinarily difficult, and it's risky, and that's the reason so many people don't do it. (coughs) So sorry about all coughing. My throat is dry. Um, That's the reason so many people don't do it, and I would say 
that, yes, I understand it's scary. Yes, I understand that you feel like you have every other priority in your life. Yes, I understand that there are people out there who will think that you are nuts, who will think that you are irresponsible, who will think that you are selfish for doing what you need to do at this point in your life. But you know what you learn? None of those other people matter. And none of the expectations that they've placed, that you think they've placed on you, that you think society has placed on you, that you've placed on yourself, all of that is BS. Because you get one shot at this. You get one shot at this life. That's it. There are no do-overs. And if you go on with all kinds of regret for all the stuff that you didn't do, that's just sad. And we can come up with every excuse in the book to not follow what our gut is telling us we need to do, what we want to do, and where our dreams are, and what brings us joy. And you just need to ignore all those voices. You, you, need, to, you need to pay attention to the ones that you want to run away from. Those are the ones that you need to listen to. That's what I've done. And again, I know, it's, I know it, maybe people are out there saying, oh, that's easy for you to say. You sold your house. You had money. Um, I also don't have children. So, oh, you don't have children, so you don't have any worries. Well, no, I have plenty of worries, and I still have plenty of worries. But I decided to take a risk, and boy, am I glad I did. Well, boy, am I glad you did, too, because just being able, like I said, to live vicariously through you and your beautiful photos and your your enriched life, that's what it is. And what I, yeah. what I feel that is so important for people uh, – to understand is that you don't have to make a grandiose exit like Tess, sell everything no. you own. You can take a baby step and, you know, try something new. Just start start out small. But, Tess, in the time that we have left, tell us again how we can follow you, because I really want to encourage people to see just all the, you, the information that you're passing back on to us is so important, too. And I appreciate you uh, being so open with that. So what's your oh, website? Thank you, Marilyn. You bet. Yeah, what? so it's, it's Tess Untethered, T-E-S-S-U-N-T-E-T-H-E-R-E-D. Boy, I haven't been in for a while. Uh, <laughs> That's so, okay. TessUntethered.com. Uh, you can also find me. I'm very active on Instagram. And it's just Tess Bigland, and that's B-I-G-E-L-A-N-D. Uh, I am on Twitter, but I don't like Twitter very much anymore, so I don't spend a lot of time on it. Uh, but I'm also on Facebook, as you know, Marilyn. Yes. And I love having new friends, and if you send me a friend request, I will absolutely accept it. And so you can come find me there. I actually I tend to post... I post more on Facebook than I do on my own website. Which oh, my I gosh. Actually... Well, Tess, <laughs> thank you so much for being here today, and we'll do it again in a couple of months. What do you think? I think that sounds great. Okay, well, we'll just stay in touch, and thank you so much for sharing with us. Thank you, Marilyn. Loved it. <laughs> Me too. All right, well, this is Marilyn Ball. You've been listening to Speaking of Travel, and remember, don't postpone joy. You are- 